Hello and welcome to another edition of Open All Odds, the QPR podcast that comes to you after Jesus decided to leave us and we lost the game, so back to normal. Um, right, first things first, I'm going to do this weirdly, because it's in front of me so it's easy. Tonight's beers are sponsored by Rob Crawford. Thank you, Rob. It's really kind of you and I appreciate it. Now, the other one is, ah, this is awkward because I actually know this guy quite well. It's Toby Belshaw, who I did his wedding on Saturday and delivered the flowers in my QPR stuff because I was going to um, Bristol, obviously. And his new father-in-law, I don't think, was that impressed. <laughs> uh, the bloke turned up at half, eight, half eight in the morning, um, put, doing a, did the church, did his delivery, got everything done for half past eight in the morning. I was quite impressed by that so I could go to Bristol. I think I caused the family a bit of a, an upheaval and it's not normal. But you know what? It's football and they were Spurs fans. Yeah, well, never mind. So that was nice. So well done, Toby. You're a good man, and I'm sure you'll be a great husband. And um, yeah, good luck getting away for the QPR games you talked about, by the way, the other day, when you're supposed to be going on your honeymoon. Anyway, cause he, what he's, I shouldn't say this, but he's talking about Fulham. Away, it's the same day he's supposed to be going on his honeymoon. So he's trying to think... Why, has he already booked the flights? Yeah, he but do he's, both? he's actually... His girlfriend doesn't listen to the podcast, his wife doesn't, it's fine. But he's actually trying to work it out to the fine margins of getting to the airport. Yeah. If he goes to, like, Heathrow, then it could work. I think he is doing Heathrow, Heathrow yeah. evening flight, just have it all ready to go. he's never missed a Fulham away game. And I think, even if you miss your honeymoon, at least you keep your record of not missing a Fulham game. <laughs> yeah, My our results against them haven't been great recently. doesn't matter. Though. Keep the record going. I've never missed one either, but you just keep... Anyway... I'm joined by Ian McCulloch, who, me and him, have, I've spent 20 minutes trying to wind him up, and he's either got some kind of zen lifestyle he never had before, or he just <laughs> ignores me. It didn't work, Ian. I'm disappointed. Sorry about that, mate. Yeah. You're working on the cricket, aren't you? I am. So we've got Flo as well. Welcome. Hello. <laughs> know, how's it... Right, I don't... Right, we'll go back to QPR in a second. I get criticised badly for not liking cricket, because I don't. And I've tried watching it, and I'm sure it's a beautiful game. What am I missing? You missed a lot of rain at the weekend. I watched a lot of rainfall. Oh. And rain at cricket means longer days. So oh. we were very, very busy. Oh. So not a lot then. Cricket's great and Ireland have a cricket team now. They have a test team. I know, so you should you're, be getting involved. Isn't your captain Irish? One day is, yeah. Huh? Not t- it's different different formats, but the captain of the one day side is Irish, yeah. Yeah. yeah I heard him speak the radio. He didn't sound like Ian Botham. Anyway, Flo Lloyd yeah. Hughes, yeah, who had an interesting time on Saturday, didn't you? Interviewing an old QPR coach. How did that work out? Um, it was interesting to say the least. Oh yeah, I was at AFC Wimbledon versus Accrington Stanley, and Wally Downs was not in a good mood after the game. But mm. they got their first point in the season, so there were a few positives to take. But his team went a man up and conceded straight away, and yeah, he wasn't too chuffed about it. Yeah, well. Anyway, thank you, Toby, and thank you, Rob, for sponsoring our podcast. As always, it's greatly appreciated, and we're forever in your debt. And without people like you, we wouldn't exist, so thank you again. Right. Saturday was a strange one. I was there, and I, I, I've, I've, I've stopped blaming myself for away defeats because there's only so many times you can change your socks, your pants, your jeans, your lucky T-shirt, whatever. I mean, you know, I'm going to try and get a lucky wig or something. I'm getting that bold. And you think to yourself, this this is not... But I was surprised, not the defeat, because the defeat was bad enough, it wasn't great. I was def- 
I was a bit upset afterwards when people are digging players out and stuff and acting like like it's the worst thing in the world. We've lost one game. And to be fair, I would have taken the start that we've had so far if you offered it me at the start of the season and said, this is, you know what it's Stoke. You, you know, you're going to do this against Huddersfield, who just come down. Bristol City's never easy. We know what we're going to happen mm-hmm. down there. And they that, that, that was completely different from the cup match. They actually had a hell of a good plan against us on Saturday. And we just, we didn't play badly. We didn't get mullered. We just got defeated. You know, what do you think? Things. So the only kind of big story when the team came out was the fact that Scowen had been dropped. Do you think that affected? Oh, he was injured. So it was a I don't know, fitness look, decision. He didn't look very happy at the end because I don't normally... They've got this thing in Bristol where they've got beer after the game and I was chatting away and the trouble is once I start talking I never shut up. Not anyone who listens to this podcast can identify with that but so I chatted away to Joe and other people blah 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 blah. So I saw the play- I actually saw the players coming out and Scan didn't look very happy so he might well have been injured I don't know but he was in his tracks so anyway. So who knows. Uh, but how, and how do you think Smith handled being the replacement? It's a strange one. I, I think the he's young it's going to take time and I just hope he gets a time. And I've already seen people putting team out for tomorrow and they've already dropped Huggle or, you know, just he's out of it. And he's like, well, put in Wells straight away. And it's like, okay, it's a bit harsh after one game where he did actually get a few shots away. I don't know. I think we, we just can't overreact. You know, City, to be fair, their keeper pulled off a brilliant save towards the end of the game, which if we had got one, we might have got another one from him. If, but maybe, and we weren't really in the game. But we'd, we're disgraced. You know, like last season, we've all been there. When you get beat, you were properly beaten. I mean, yeah. I think it was the anniversary we got beat 7-1 by West Brom last weekend sort of thing. So, if you look at both games in isolation, there was no way you can pair the two of them. And Bristol City are a good team. They went on that ridiculous run last season when they won like seven games in a row. At home, way. they are a good side. They, they they played a very young team against us in the League Cup, so it was always going to be a completely different game. Of course it so, is. So, I think we kind of should have seen it coming. And, you know, I think it was disappointing that we couldn't convert any of those decent chances from what I've seen in the highlights because some of them were pretty good ones, like the ones that Hugo missed. But I don't know if that's enough to drop him it's just a bit harsh. Warburton wants to play a four-three-two-one, so he he doesn't look like he's going to try and play two up front. So it's Wells or Hugel, so it's up to him. See, I, I I'm a great believer in four-four-two. A, I'm old, and B, in the championship it works. And I think away from home, if you sit back too much, teams are going to run at you all day long. Like what happened to us on Saturday, where you give too much room away. And I think Smith is going to bed in. And I mean, when Cher came on, he. He, he upped the ante straight away. And That's what people thought that Chair might get a start off the back of yeah. the cup game. I think that was the other surprise is that he didn't get a start. And the other surprise is I thought Rangel would come out and Kane would come in because they've got younger legs, especially with the legs coming mm. against us and stuff like that. Um, Kane looks a good player. Yeah. That looks a good signing. So um, did you manage to catch any of the game on Saturday? I didn't really know. Obviously, I was, I was working, so I, I didn't actually uh, see any of the goals. I've seen the goals. Uh, I've read some of the reports about the couple of guys that were there, and but it sounds that like we we played pretty well for kind of the first half and the goal. The first goal come somewhat against a run of play. It's a mm. good finish, actually. To be fair, um, I was quite impressed with, Sheffield, with Bristol City. Sorry, um, in the cup game as I was with us, um, they're a good side. They're a progressive team. They've sold players, made some money, and um, you know they've kind of over the last sort of three years they've kind of got better and better. And mm. I think there'll be a side that's going to be kind of. In amongst it towards the end, so it's no, no disgrace to lose against them. Yeah. I think with us, um, the only games I've seen this season were the Huddersfield at home game and the, the cup game against Bristol City last week. And uh, I was really impressed. I think um, I like the way we're playing. 
Um, I really like um, Warburton. I think it's the first time I've had um, for a while where it's a small thing, but I like the fact he speaks on the official website before matches. Mm. We haven't, like, McLaren never did it. And yeah. when he speaks, he's speaking about what we're doing, what they're doing. He's very measured. He isn't over the top. He, he's very honest, what we're not doing right, what we should be doing right, what we're doing well. And um, the way we're playing, I like it. And I remember three years ago, the year that Huddersfield went up, and for me, that was the nadir of the season for me, was seeing Huddersfield, Huddersfield Town. And they beat us 2-1, and they played us off the park, and mm. they played football, and the manager at the time, Ian Holloway, his reaction was to stick Joel Lynch up front and just lump it long, and I just it, I was despairing. So to watch us playing football like we're playing now, I can see what they're trying to do. Um, it's not always going to come off, but we'll win more games than we lose playing the way we are now. It's refreshing to see four, you know, fullbacks bombing on. Um, Cameron is you've got to wrap him in cotton wool. He's very much um, in that Sean Derry kind of kind of mould. Just mm. sit there, hold the ball, a bit of experience. Got to be honest, with you, he wasn't suffering Saturday. I thought after two quick games, well, well actually, season he's having, he'd be absolutely on his arse. Well, he didn't play against Bristol City. He had that full week off. Yeah, but you, yeah, but you know, it's it's kind of like for the age he is, everything else. He actually did quite adjusted on Saturday. He he did control things like he did against Stoke. Yeah, and you wouldn't think he was giving away the age he was. The, the, the things he was doing in the past. That's the good thing about Saturday. We were trying, we were still trying to pass and thread. You know, sometimes when you're losing like that, you, you're huffing and puffing and, and, and kind of just launching. We didn't really do that mm. so much. I mean, the, their second goal was a joke. I mean, it was just one of them things that happens in football. And in 20 years' time, somebody said it was one of them things like against the Man City thing that they show now, where it was like everyone trying to score, it was a joke and blah, blah, blah. Um, worst football ever. It was, it, it was a comical on goal. Yeah, it was poor football around you, taught as a child. Don't throw, don't throw a throw in across your goal. Mm. Mm. Basic. Yeah. The one and, thing you don't do. You know, and then the defender misses it and the guy tees it up and the Phoebe's a terrible player as well. And, you know, even, so. even he's not going to miss from there. But um, I, I, I hope that Lumley doesn't get too deterred from that. Really yeah, it's, it like a, it's a freak accident. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like it you happens, can't... It's that thing with the goalkeeper. You know, striker misses a golden opportunity like Hugo did. You've kind of, oh, well, it is what it is. Keeper makes a howler. It, there's no yeah. hiding place. And... You know, I hope he doesn't rock his confidence. He's a confident boy. Um, he's won us more games than he's lost us, I think. Um, mm, but I think you mentioned last week the kicking is he's not the best part of his game. Yeah. But I mean, you can you can improve your kicking. You can't improve on. He's very, amazing it, shot stopper. It's very hard to improve on your ability at crosses. Mm. It's very hard to improve your, your shouting and calling mm. and that, and just that natural confidence he's got. And I, I hope it doesn't deter him too much, and he bounces back uh, tomorrow night against Swansea because he is a, he's a good, he's a good goalkeeper. He's in his second full season of being a championship goalkeeper. Mistakes happen. He needs time. I mean, what I was quite disappointed on him was what happened in social media where people were putting videos up of his hurdles or something. You, know, you can do that with any goalkeeper. I mean, you can do that with Blinken. I remember you're nearly as old as me, but you're not quite there yet. You know, when we had Seaman in that, Seaman used to let, you know have the old hurdle, and yeah, he went on to play for England and play for up. He's playing for England. And he was probably first. the worst kicker of a goalkeeper we've ever had down there. Yeah, every goal kick he kicked out usually went out for a throw in. But well, free kicks, technical pass, yeah, amazing. Rate. But, so, but social media is, you know, judge, judge and jury, and I guarantee most of the people that are putting those videos up, some of them probably were there, but I guarantee it's all people that aren't there. I can think it's sad. I think you know, especially people like Lumley, the ones coming through the, the, you know, whether they get come through our youth or academy, or whatever is irrelevant. But they're still young players that are coming through, and to do that to a young kid, I just think is pretty poor. Personally, I'm not telling him what to do, but if you're going to stick videos up, you know, these people see it. 
whether you're aware of it or not, they're going to see it. Someone's going to point it out to them because football is full of banter. So someone's going to point that out to them and say, look, we'll keep your fans in. Yeah, yeah. I don't be associated with that sort of thing. But I, I don't think Joe needs to be told that he made a mistake. Yeah, you know, it's so they, they would have had a video session at the ground. And it, you know, they the throw-in's been... a good thing as well. That's, I mean, why that throw-in happened like that, I just don't, I couldn't get my head around. I was like, why are you doing that? And I, was like, oh, shit. I also think what Ian said about the communication is such a big factor because in that Bristol City game, I really noticed that Liam Kelly was quite quiet. And you can always notice that at League Cup games because obviously half the stadium is empty so it becomes a bit like a training match because you can hear all the players communicating and obviously he's new so it's it's hard to build that kind of relationship with your back four but Lumley because we've got so many new players we need that voice and we need that coordination we need that leadership and I think to put Kelly in this early with potentially three out of four of the back four being new is a bit risky because then you've got five new players potentially trying to communicate with each other and it could get a bit messy. And I think Lumley, he's been there, he's been there through a lot of shit with QPR as well, uh, a turnover of managers, and he's like a little bit of a kind of solid rock now, although I don't think his game is perfect. I do have a big issue with his kicking, but from what I've seen with Kelly, he has the same issues. They're both good shot stoppers, they're not big guys. So it's like for like a little bit. Well, Lumley's big. Lumley's, Lumley's a big boy, yeah, he's but, still quite skinny, though. Do you know what I mean? Like he's quite yeah. slight goalie. Like, he's, he's very not... young for a goalkeeper. Goalkeepers don't. I mean, we had Alex Smithies was at his peak. He was like, twenty seven, twenty eight when we signed him. He's a fine keeper, and ironically, his distribution was one of his strong points of his game. He yeah. didn't have the height, but he was very good at the ball at his feet. And um, but you, you know, Lumley's all right. The key, the, I mean, I wouldn't. I don't think the, key, the thing with the keeper. He's been. They signed him early in May. So he's had the whole yeah. summer with them. So I don't think that's as much of an issue. But yeah, he was a lot smaller than I thought he was. Yeah, when I saw him at Bristol um, City, he did look a lot smaller. a couple smaller. of times, I mean, he made, obviously, he made saves in the penalty shootout. Um, and, and to be fair, I don't think he could have done anything with either any of the three no. goals. Mm. But all three of their goals were really good goals. Yeah. I mean, even that first goal, bad defending, but that was a hell of a finish from their number nine. And obviously the free kick and, you know, that the guy 6-1 in top corner from yeah. 25 yards there's not much you can do about it so um, the thing is when you have a smaller keeper you're going to I noticed this when we had Tony Robertson goal they don't have to give a lot of the net away um, because you can't cover all that ground but then saying that I don't think I don't think any keeper in the world would have saved that free kick against Bristol City no I think game, even Seb Dystra would have struggled it was a hell of a free Seb Dystra <laughs> that's one for the that's oldies. one for the teenagers while David's not here I'm going to mention as many old players as I can without being told I'm old and uh, a dinosaur Carry on, but no, I think I think the thing is, it, it's there's a lot of harshness. I mean, especially social media, which is pretty, as you say. Ah, listen, I, I'm not going to criticise anyone. I can I, I make an absolute prat of myself on a daily basis in social media, but I just think knocking players is not right. And if we couldn't do it, we're bigger than that as a club. Let's try and get behind people. Let's like, look. I mean, you know, um, on Saturday night, your man's had a bad game up front, so we're like, putting Naki Wells in. It's like, well. You can't just keep. You can't bring people in, play them, drop them because of confidence. You have got to try and work. It's a, it's a growing team. It's a team that's still trying to find its feet. This is going to take. I think we're looking at ten games to try and figure out what our best eleven is going to be, and that's no bad thing at this division because yeah. everyone else is going to be doing the same thing, and it's the same division every year. We look at it, the teams come down, you go, "Oh, it's going to be really tough. Oh, this is going to be horrible again." But yet, there's still the freak results because the games come up, game come after yeah, game so come after. Mm. Totally unpredictable. But like, tomorrow night, I have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow night. I'm not going to lie to you. Mm. I, have, I just know Jake Bidwell is probably going to have the game of his life. Well, I think they're a decent team. I'm a bit worried about tomorrow night. 
Well, we beat them 4-0 last year, so I mean, I'm not too upset. You know. Well, yeah, they things, had you know. maybe arguably some better players and maybe a better manager, but I think they've stuck together quite well. They've had some good results already this season. Um, I don't really know what to expect, but we're at home and it looks like home is going to be a good place this season, unlike last season. And I think our away form is always going to be a challenge and I'm, that's all right. Like, but it's the home form that is critical because mm. our home form has been so terrible over the last few seasons and it just creates such a negative atmosphere on top of the fact that you're losing at home. So I think the fact that we're at home tomorrow, I think we will make a, a bit of a difference, but I'm still a little bit... It's hard to know because so many teams have had a lot of change over the summer. It's been such a kind of busy summer for a lot of clubs, so it's hard to know what to expect. But just looking at their early results, I'm mm. quite impressed by... What they've done, I think they've got a good coach in as well to replace a, a good coach that left. They're still playing the floor type football, aren't they? They're playing it on the floor, they're building from the back, which everyone's trying to do with this new rule of the two players, do you? Which I can still freaking me out, you know, because in my head, it's like, oh, he's going to blow up for that, we're going to retake any cab because there's all the. I mean, people talk about VAR. I don't give a rat's arse about VAR. I just don't understand this new handball rule. And I'll be, I've, I've listened to podcasts, I've watched people analyse it, I don't get it. I don't understand how it can hit your hand in the penalty area in an accidental way but it's not a penalty but if you do it on the other end it's not a goal you just you just explained it to yourself quite well yeah <laughs> yeah no but it's, it's it's kind of bizarre because I'm just thinking championship referees it's, well then when you add VAR, VAR in yeah it makes it's it bad. very complicated Whereas, could you imagine the absolute bin lids we get in the championship when the referee analyzer comes in or whoever tells them their boss comes in grabs all these aegis together and says right lads there's a rule change the chaos that would be in the referees' heads would be something to behold because most of them can't even struggle with the wins offside. I mean, we, have, we we get. I mean, I know every team says it, but we we never get homers, or very rarely do we get people to come in to the, the um who, who are going to give us. Sorry, it's my mum. Sorry, um, who, who are going to give us? A, um, we never get homers, do we? When you go to all these away games, and like even on Saturday, Bristol, we're getting some really good decisions. You think, oh, why does it ever happen to us? Or is my memory feeling? I mean, when was the last time? No, we had I a... think you just remember the shit ones. It's just how football works. We get works. a lot of them. Low. You're going to remember being scorned. Oh, yeah. It's just I not mean, how. It, it's tough referees. So, I mean, yeah, it, like you win some, we, you lose some. We had some stinkers last year. Penalties given against us last year, massively. But I mean, I thought the referee against the Huddersfield game was quite good. I mean, that he, that guy went down in the box very yeah. early. He could have quite easily given that, and he booked him. Yeah. It's Manning's those... penalty against Bristol City was not a penalty. That was very generous. Like, no, it's just the way football works. Don't be biased. But, but it's just yeah. referees. I mean, when you start blaming referees because you're losing, that's... I don't... Yeah. I, I if you want to see some really... If you, like, think the championship's bad, League Two and women's football, the refereeing is a lot worse. So we're quite blessed with the, the quality really? of refereeing sometimes we have. Yeah, it's, some, it's not that bad. Like, yeah, of course I've sat there in the stand and been really pissed off about some of the decisions, but it does even itself out, you know? I'll never see it even itself. But again, we're really biased. I mean, the foul throw situation is ridiculous because the amount of players that do foul throws and it just—I mean, I know Furlong used to get called up on it quite a lot, but there's so many players who do foul throws yeah. and it just every game I'm like, that's a foul throw, that's a foul throw. But it's just so part of the game now. It's just like, you know, they're not really looking for that anymore. It's stuff that makes a big difference. Given, they just don't give them the name. Let's say the goalkeeper's having. I think there was one game of Furlong. I think got like two foul throws in one game. I was like, this is embarrassing now, but. Um, yeah, it's really not that bad. Right, so. We've got bigger things to worry about. <laughs> but actually, speaking of referees, the referee tomorrow, thanks to Clive's um, 
research is the same referee from uh, the Leicester game with the squirrel when he famously cool. fell from the Loftus Road roof and it took David Nugent shepherding him, him off the pitch to that's get it that's finished. That's the only game so. I've taken my wife to. She really? never came back. Actually, my, my sister-in-law came to that game. She was loving it. My she wife's, was made my wife's banned come back. from watching QPR. I, <laughs> I mean, all these things, do you imagine, like, across Europe, everyone thinking, oh, what, what, English game held up. And they're always thinking, oh, violence. It's like, no, it's a squirrel. You I know? love that. It was so funny. But that's so QPR. I mean, to have a pitch invader as a, as a squirrel is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> then go on now, tomorrow night. I know we've touched on it a wee bit. Um... What would you like to see Ian happen tomorrow night? What, what's the reaction you'd like to have from Saturday? Not that we need a, a massive reaction because we weren't actually that bad, believe it or not. I'd like, well, it's been touched on already, but I think what I've seen from Todd Kane, he looks, you know, a very decent player. Mm. Um, he hooked him after 60 minutes against Bristol City. So you have to, obviously they're kind of, they're getting him up to, um, I, I know he hasn't had a club all summer, so mm. he's kind of probably a little bit behind in terms of, I think he's training. Condition, conditioning, yeah, yeah. He's training on your own in a park is a bit different to kind of, yeah, that's true. you know. So, but I think you know, I think it's going to be sooner rather than later. He's going to be our first choice right back. Mm. Um, likewise, I, I think I really like Mark Pugh. He's been a very, he's a really, I think he's a really good signing. He's been a good player for sure. Bournemouth for a long time. Um, Surprise! I thought Pugh it. played well in that Bristol City League Cup game. Mm. I was surprised he got taken off, but maybe it's just a fitness thing. Because I thought he was the link. I was so impressed with the link-up play between Smith, um, Pugh, Manning, and Wells. I thought it was working so well. I really, really liked that. So I was, that's why I was a bit frustrated when he came off because like, oh, we're kind of breaking up the chain a little bit. So I'd like to see more of that because I thought that worked well. One thing I will say is I I sit in the upper loft. My um, think is up there, but. For the Bristol City Cup game, we were in the paddock. The all right, I've been there for and years. We were right by the corner flag at the loft end, and um, the balls on the deck so much it was really hard to watch. <laughs> Honestly, it was just legs, and you're watching. Yeah, it was very. I mean, I couldn't tell you if Mark, Matt Smith played well or Mark Pugh played well. The obvious because Manning played well because he was right by right you, in front yeah. of me, and um, Naki played well, and I think that's a says the story in itself really the fact we're trying to play football and mm. it ain't always going to come off but give me that kind of football than the I remember being at a cup game last year and it was Big Matt Smith popped up with a, with a header and that's the only thing he did he was terrible he's had a good start for Millwall doing what he always does for Millwall and, um, I haven't seen enough of Hugel to make a real judgement I thought he was good okay. against Huddersfield but Jeff Hugel isn't going to score you he'll score 10 goals yeah a exactly but That's exactly he's who he a is. more mobile Matt Smith than what I've seen of him. He exactly, can, he'll bring players into the game, and hopefully you'll see more goals. So where's the goals going to come? He from? can hold it. Well, up I think the whole idea is that he can hold it up, and the goals come from midfield. And um, you know, I'm a huge chair fan. I think, mm. and I was, you know, I was fair play to um, Warburton in that that Huddersfield game. He hooked Scowan early and, brought, and put. Chair on and gave him sort of thirty-five minutes to kind of and straight away he's a, he's a you know he's a, he's a bag of ball of energy isn't he? Try things. He's got that brilliant little sense of gravity as well. He's a great well. player and you know to have him and Izzy in the team, yeah, I'll have that. Mm. Yeah, that's mm. the QPR I grew up with watching kind of players like that. And you know, as I say, we're playing football like that, but we're more than we lose. We're going to lose some games. We are going to lose some games. Yeah, exactly. You know, but I took uh, two Aussie mates of mine, two Aussie journal mates of mine to the Bristol City game, and they loved it. Oh really? Thought it was great. Thought it was great, and I was proud actually. Go, yeah, because I've taken friends before, and we've been lousy and got beat at home by Blackburn. Would they come back? 
I don't know, one of them thought it was great. He thought, how good is this? Brilliant. You know, I'm in the paddock and he's filming the goals and filming <laughs> the penalties and, you know, it's a great game to go and you look at it and go, I, I, I played it down to him. I was like, it's a cup game. It'll be crap. It'll mm, be that's exactly how game. I would But it was a really, games. really enjoyable game. And I look at it and go, I've been to two home games this season. I've enjoyed them both thoroughly and uh, hopefully tomorrow is much of the same. But yeah, we might lose, we might win. I don't know. I've got no idea. I have I've, a couple of I've questions. I've got a real no idea, but... How, do you know how bad um, Scone's injury is? Is it just no a idea. small niggle? No idea. I just heard he was a niggle. Right. I think it might have been a convenient niggle. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be honest, I like Scone, but he's personally, I don't think he's a good enough player to play the style he wants to play. Well, the, well, the way I look at Scone is it, when, when we're being attacked, he's a defensive player. And when we're going forward, they're trying to bring him in as a kind of a sprayer, mm. like putting mm. the ball over the mm. head as a number mm. 10. I'm not sure that's his game, but it's an interesting concept. But um, but I like the, the boy from Spurs. He looks a nice player. He's tidy. Oh, Amos, yeah, he's, tidy. he's really, he's really good. Tidy. Took his penalty well. Him and Shirley yeah. got really well together as well. When oh, they he's so good. I'm so excited that we've got him. I just think he's going to be. And so the other thing as well about Warburton again. I mean, you know, it's August. I could be, you know, chanting for the manager's head in kind of three months' time. Who knows? But um, even though there's been a big turnover of players, it's pretty much the players that are playing are players that have been here last year. So it's not a complete wholesale side, is it? You think there's, like, I think the game at Stoke, eight of the players that started were here last year. Would you say though that's a bad thing? I'm just playing devil's advocate there in terms of like, well, then what's the point in bringing mm. in 15 new players if we're still going to stick? I know well, obviously it's squad. You've got, you got to replace but... the squad. I mean, lots of lot of players, but I like the fact that you know he's playing Ezzy. I yeah. like the fact that he didn't hook Ezzy to bring on chair. He played Ezzy and chair. It's positive. It's positive. Yeah, football. it's positive. He's trying to play football. Okay. <laughs> I get what he's trying to do and I understand I mean also as well like I like the fact he came out and said with no point passing for the sake of passing sake possession means nothing Yeah, mm. you know, he's very honest in interviews we need to be, and I kind of like it's quite refreshing the whole thing is refreshing it's different that's exactly how I feel the only issue I had not issue but my bubble was slightly burst last week and I did cause a mini stir on the QPR podcast WhatsApp group because I met up with a friend of mine who is a Glasgow Rangers season ticket holder and he was saying oh you know this is exactly how I felt when Warburton first, gave, first came I was saying all the same stuff and then you know eventually we just got into a real into a real rut and like nothing changed and we would create loads of chances but none of them were good chances and Warburton used to just focus on the fact that we had 20 shots on goal but like not not one of them were on target and he just keeps saying the same stuff and the fullbacks press so high that you get caught up so he basically really seriously burst my little bubble so now I'm just getting a little bit but, worried but the expectations of Glasgow Rangers are much higher than now they've got oh, to, yeah, they've got to finish sure. above. so it's a, it's a really it's a to huge be, to, be, to be fair I was the one that came at you you were saying don't trust a Glasgow Rangers fan they know nothing like. but it is so, it, but it's a, it's, it's a, different. But a bit of thing is so for the, for the squad we've got, the young players we've got, and what how we want to play, he's perfect for us. He's but, a perfect manager. To put for the us context and, for any Glasgow Rangers fans listening here, I didn't say that. <laughs> I, I I more or less said that I don't like. I have a deep hatred of Celtic and Rangers just because I just don't follow all that stuff because of religious reasons. Bloody blah, blah blah. Don't like either of them. I support Aberdeen because they were different, and they yeah. So I don't like Rangers. I think. But my main problem with Celtic and Rangers is that, they, you know, you speak to them, it's just the, this divine right to win things. And I went, me and my friend Alan went to the Euros to see Northern Ireland play. I might have mentioned that several thousand times, but there you go. Um, we spoke to some Glasgow Rangers fans, as you would get with Northern Ireland fans, and the major like, he doesn't win the treble, he's out. doesn't do this, he's out. It's like, lads, you've just climbed from the arse of the Scottish leagues because you cheated so badly and got caught. 
and you're expecting to walk in the league and when it's yeah, but I think the nothing. thing is the level of, of football in Scotland is so much lower than England that they would have walked the championship like the second tier regardless because that's how big the gap is oh, like, that's they, like that was that was a given for Warburton if he hadn't done that it would have been seriously ridiculous but I, wouldn't I think his issue was like it, it's really positive at the beginning but there's no plan B which is what I said what he was he quoted to me oh well Warburton was asked in one press conference what plan B was all he said was do plan A better and I think it's a bit of stubbornness which can eke out right now I'm loving it but after that Huddersfield game I did say I was a little bit concerned about how advanced Manning was and potentially us getting caught on the break what? same in the League Cup game against Bristol I wasn't there on Saturday so I don't know if that is something that led to their goals. No, no, this is chaos. Led I to mean, the they're goal. all valid points. I mean, um, but, but it's but, hard. We're, we're but I mean, but, 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 but it's like a manager. Managers get sacked. Managers, you know, he's learned from that. You, you come in. Yeah. Clubs around it's a huge job. We're talking about the top ten clubs in size in the, in the country. It's a massive job. Well, in the UK. you know, and well, it is in in the, well, you know, just being but, technical, even though it's um, made our league. You know, and like he would have learned from that. He would have learned from being at Forest. But I think we we have to be a bit patient. We have to kind of, you know, he, it's a young side, and we you want can't keep we want to we want to bring young players through. We want to have a young side. We want to watch good football. Because um, the whole thing, the thing that makes me laugh, keep your family sit there and be hard, oh, Roy Wedley and oh number ten Stan Bowles, Rodney Myers on that. I Ezzy's, oh what a goal! Oh Titanic music and that. Then we don't win. Ezzy's just lazy. He's a lazy player. He's this and that, and it's just kind of well, what do we want? Do we want to be? Do you want to be mm. a, a, a club that's renowned for playing football with a great kit, or do you want to just—is it just about kind of we're not getting promoted? We're not—we're nowhere near yeah, being promoted. No but, then you're but, talk- but it's but it's like you look at Bristol City; they're a club that are kind of over three years they're progressing and getting better. That's what we need to be. We need to and be they've... a club that's kind of we might have to sell a few to make some money. And you, but it's about your recruitment. It's about improving that and everything. I, I, it's August. Yeah, I don't know, but there's. What he's trying to do, I get it. I see what he's trying to do. The thing is, it's, it's like anything in life. Going back to Glasgow Rangers thing, you know, you, you, you're comparing different leagues, different countries, different styles, different cultures. And I wouldn't like to be interviewed by the Scottish media down there if you've just lost us in Johnston. Oh, yeah, it's hard. You know, it'd, be, it'd be tricky as hell. <laughs> um, the same as Neil Lennon. When, remember they lost to Inverness Caledonian was one of the best headlines ever. I can't quite remember how they did it, but they did it quite yeah. well. John Barnes. Uh, you know, it's one of them things, whereas at Forest. I don't think anyone was sort of forest out. That's such a basket case, mm. and and it's it's kind of how we were a few years ago. Where yeah. it doesn't matter what you do, how you do it, the culture is completely wrong, and it needs yeah. a massive rethink. And I, and I think Stokes, oh, my, yeah, an I old governor, an old governor of mine, um, we we caught up for drinks last year, and Stoke a QPR from four years ago. Oh, it's, the, know, it's the Mark Hughes legacy. The Mark Hughes legacy. Yeah. I said it to a Stoke fan they the other day. It's, it's really weird as well because they're, they're geared to. It's interesting how as well. This is why I noticed last week. I mean, get away from QPR. We're having general football chat here, which sometimes we do in the podcast, and it's nice. I find it kind of scary how quickly teams fall out of the Premier League and how quickly the seats fall out of themselves. Where there's just emptiness of like Cardiff. Fulham have got a sta- whole stand closed, but you can still get tickets to their next three. Are you kidding games. me? No. They're, they're selling tickets in the paper for the next three home games and their whole stand, one of their stands is closed because they're renovating it. Well, Fulham is totally only got 5,000 fans <laughs> anyway. So. Like, it's, it's a tough sell when you're not, you know, you're not doing which, well. Which brings me on to my next point and then we'll talk about the, um, we'll do our attend that there. Are we overcharging? And do we get overcharged at away games? And I'll put that in the context because I was working out the other day. 
if you walk up, it's thirty-seven quid or something out there. And then you go. Oh, the away games. Don't no, there's this home game as well. There's oh, home right. game, yeah, and yeah. you're paying your three fifty booking fee. I'm kind of thinking we need to rethink of that, places. That was going to be my arse end because oh, I sorry, saw sorry. Steve's tweet yesterday. Yeah. I thought Steve's it made this, so yeah. much sense. And I know Swansea are technically taking a risk because they're absorbing the fees and they're trying to do something good for their club. I don't know the ins and outs of their finances, and I know we have an issue, but. Maybe the club can meet us half halfway or something, but I know Swansea said we're going to be doing it for a season and reviewing it, basically see how how much difference it makes in terms of recurring ticket sales, how much impact it makes on the club's finances, whatever. But I think it is ridiculous three pounds fifty booking fee, and I think like it put I think it does put people off because the whole ticket debacle we had last season with Portsmouth away and people getting pissed off about the fact that they couldn't get to, the box office wasn't opening or they couldn't get, couldn't get on the phone was because loads of people wanted to try and not pay mm. the booking fee by turning up to the box office and it's actually more of a headache for the staff that work oh, there point. because you're encouraging a mass kind of onslaught on the box office on the day uh-huh. and I remember saying oh why are so many people buying in person they all said because no one pay £3.50 mm. booking fee it's cheaper to go on the bus from wherever I am cost me £1.40 or £1.20 however much these days to do it and like so I think that is a bit of an issue like it's all online I never thought of that before That's and I know really it's tied up with Ticketmaster and contracts and everything but there's got to be a solution I don't understand how if I go down to the box office I, and I this is not even the box office Ian and Flo I, the staff in there I've always found really helpful yeah top class and, and really decent people not aimed at them is that when you get the League Cup game or whatever, it goes on to your season ticket and you're paying £3.50. You know, if you want your own seat. And you're oh, thinking, right, yeah. that's actually paperless. What, so if you have the the away, the home... Yeah, the auto-cup tie thing. If you pay with a credit card, basically, you're getting, you're getting hanged. Regardless, yeah. Because I forget to do that every year and I ended up... No, no, but even without that, say you go down there, unless you pay cash, yeah. you get this three fifty thing, yeah. which I think is a bit daft. I think we didn't think about... I was no, if, you, if you go down to the box office and buy a ticket, you don't pay. And pay cash, but what I'm saying but is, if you pay on your card, you don't pay three fifty. You don't pay. You, you don't. Pay. I think the booking fee is only online. It's only online. It's not. And, and you, if you go or, to the, if you go the, the if you go to the box office, you don't pay. Or, oh, right. or the phone the phone charges. I think are one fifty <laughs> if you do the phone. They normally put something on there. No, I think I think if you do well, okay, in my experience, over the phone it's three fifty, online it's three fifty. Uh, the only way it's not if you go to the box office yeah. and buy tickets. I thought if you used your card, it was still three fifty. Maybe I no, don't know about. No, they can't charge a booking fee when you haven't booked it. You're going walking up and buying it from the box office. You I know they used to because I, p- I paired it a couple of times. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But um, it, it's kind of a strange thing. I think the the match day prices because the reason why I'm having this discussion as well is I looked at Sheffield Wednesday. I saw your tweet. I, I mean, I, the whole the, the fact that the Premier League have capped it and the EFL hasn't is just scandal. I can see why because the, the money, the, the, the finances in the Premier oh, League. Oh, the TV, so yeah, the TV money, money is so different. But it is just ridiculous that you let that you let letting bigger clubs basically set the market price and not even like historically we're not exactly you know a Sheffield Wednesday a Villa when they were with us like a Leeds but we are charging away fans £30 sometimes to sit or stand in a completely obstructed view in the away end like that is completely embarrassing I think it's embarrassing as a QPR fan to be seeing other fans putting on Twitter being like I just paid 35 quid for this view and it's like why are we treating fans like that like obviously we need to make a bit of money but I think that it's just it's it's getting a bit ridiculous like there needs to be some kind of but everyone's doing it I I, I paid 30 to go to Millwall away last year and you know it is it's a sad fact of modern day football but would it be an idea if clubs got together and had a kind of a 
an agreement that they don't charge away fines more than 25 quid regardless and try to and then we, we look at the scene because maybe I, you'd have to get a sponsor on board like Virgin did for the like early days of that before the proper cap yeah. came in I think Virgin tried to sponsor it a bit with like a, an away days Premier League sort of or perhaps so maybe you'd have to do something like that get some kind of corporate sponsorship or something and get them to support it because I can understand a lot of the smaller clubs they need the money like this is for for some of the clubs the gate receipts is quite a big percentage not so much the case for QPR and we've gone into whole debates about why they want to move stadiums because of that but for a lot of clubs you know if they get a packed house that's going to be quite a good bit of money Mm. for them so I can understand why they need to charge so much but I think it does put people off because if you think about, I mean, like I was looking at Sheffield Wednesday away, but when you put up the ticket prices and then you think of, well, train or driving there, the whole cost, I mean, you could be spending at least 60 quid. And when everyone knows, because of the Football League's incentive of putting everything in the red flipping button as well, I know it doesn't apply to Saturday games, but I know it goes to midweek For the weekdays, yeah. It's, it's insane. So there's got to be a better way. I, I hate seeing empty seats at football ground. I also don't mind... Like in Abnestead, like I said last week, where the club say, do you know what, since we haven't had a bad start of the season, let's do cheap mm. season tickets for a couple of weeks. Anyone who missed out last season mm. wants to come back. Because it's fair enough, we had a few dodgy seasons. I don't mind that. I'm not going to get my high horse and say, oh, that's ridiculous. Because so, I don't care. I want the ground full. I don't care yeah. how we fill it. We've got to have For more. the Portsmouth game, I presume they haven't opened Ellerslie. I haven't checked my tickets yet because I sit I know in Ellerslie, yeah. but I think I'll probably be moved to South Africa Road for that game. But I just, I haven't checked, but I presume they'll probably open it What's up. What's a fair price for that game, do you think? So I said last time on the podcast that Brentford were doing £5 for adults and a pound for kids for the game that they lost to Cambridge United. So the the... Portsmouth game sorry the Bristol City game was a tenner for adults mm. I think it'd be great if we could do a fiver for adults and see the impact that that has I also know August still summer holidays a lot of families are probably away but I think I want more than 5,000 people at that game it, it, I think yeah. a tenner's fair enough I do honestly what's a tenner you pay it. it's, it's, you're not going to get any more there with a fiver than a tenner personally I think but I think the um, way that the way that Brentford did it is they said on the day was so if you wanted to come last minute and how, I think, how many were there on for that game 2000 I think it was more than that I think it was probably similar to what we got so but but I think what I think the impact it has it had more people turning up and willing to pay that on the day than obviously do online booking fees like we all we've just chatted about that I think also I mean I don't have kids you guys have kids but I feel like there's a lot to be said for it's harder to plan when you've got young kids. And I feel like if you can offer something that's, you know, you decide on the day whether or not you want to come and there's an incentive that it's going to be cheaper, would you not say that might have an impact on whether or not you go? If think, you don't have to, like, book in I advance. think if I had children and I, I danded up to Queen's Park Rangers... If it was, I mean, I don't know what it was. Was it tenor if for I, everyone? If, if it's tenor for adults, I think it was probably, like... I don't know what it was for kids. Go, it's probably, like, go five back or to, Go back something. to walk up. I think the cup game is a, it's, it's a few quid more, and I know that much, but... On league games, it's massive. You're not talking about a couple of quid like you used to be in the old days. It's a massive jump. And you've got to think, if you turn up with two kids saying, I want to take a football match in, which is, let's face it, how a lot of people find the, the, the love of football and their clubs. They dander yeah. in, they don't expect to, and they fall in love with it. Um, and you're paying 70 really quid for a championship game. You, 
you got to analyse that and say that's that's a lot of money. That's not going to entice you back. You might enjoy it, but you're going to think, Christ, that costs a lot of money. Then you've got to pay for this and that and the other. So we've got to certainly look at the pricing yet again. And I I want that ground. But you've you got to do. You've got to look at it two ways. Though you can't give away seats because it makes no financial sense. If you're giving away, you're paying for police, you're paying for stewards, you're paying for this and that. You've got to. Make, I agree, making it a set a fair price. But if you charge a tenner a ticket for every championship game, we'd sell it out. We'd fill it out. But oh, not a tenner every night. Do you know what I mean? So you've, you've got to make it fair. That. I think, you've got to make it I fair. Think, so it's kind of like... I think, 25. I think with fixtures where we've had historically bad attendance, like midweek League Cup games, I think we've got to play around a bit and try and do something a bit and different. to be fair, they have done that. They have made it. It's been a tenner for a Cup game for the last, what, three, four years? Yeah, I mean, you couldn't charge more You know, that. and you get 10 <laughs> points, reward points for doing it, which is fair as well. You know, do you know what I mean? I think it, it's but kind then of... But you go look at another way in, which is how um, sometimes I look at it, is we do uh, bronze, silver and gold, mm. and then we go category A and category B. So we're actually going right up the ante for certain games. And then you get the World Cup, which is on top of that as well. So we've got to look at it and say... we've got, 37 quid to watch a championship game, I don't care who it is, is way too much. I don't care if it's my own club or yeah. some other club, it's too much. I think. But it ain't 37 quid if you buy it the day before online. That's, that's my point, though. Is yeah. You walk up, you want to go to a football game, you come to London, it's a lot of money. We've got to find a way of filling the ground. I don't think anything more than 25 quid at all championship games is unreasonable request. If it can happen if people and there's got to be sponsorship there's got to be clubs working together if you can pay agents millions of pounds a year you can reduce ticket prices that's my theory hmm. do you know what I mean it's like we always find I money for, for them but we do because I've got there's not enough kids I know there's the creeping back in the QPR but generally football there's not enough kids there's not enough people to take over from us and my worry is in 20 years time you know it's going to be people watching football on their Xboxes and, and empty stadiums I don't want but, that but I mean again I'm not Flying the flag for the club, but the, Watford game, want. the Watford game in the cup last year. Yeah, it was great. It was a Friday night. Yeah. It was a tenner a ticket, and there were so many. I, I popped down to see a friend of mine's dad who'd taken my friend's nephew. Mm-hmm. He's got his fourth QPR game, and he's only six. And I walked down the lower loft, and there was a lot of kids there. Friday night, it was it was great. It was great to see. There's, there was, and I agree with you. The, the tenner for a ticket works, but at the same time, you can't cheapen the product. You can't start going. We're gonna. No, because at the end of the day, you're going to go, well, you know, we want to sign something, we haven't got any money, we can't do it. And do you know what I mean? There's got to be a happy medium between, I agree with you, £37 to watch QPR against Wigan is a scam. Exactly. But that's the thing, like, but, talk about cheapening the product, the product is exactly high class. I think we've got <laughs> Like, some of the... Yeah, but you, you, go, you, but you, can go, you can go and watch a conference game and pay 18 quid to get in. Yeah, I mean, like, you know not I mean? all it, of football is not cheap, and that's like the that's a probably that's a, that's a much bigger discussion than, than QPR in itself. It's like this issue is not exclusive to QPR. No, no, it's football. I think there's just I think there's opportunity to like as as a club that really cares about its community and it does a lot of great work in the community, and we're already doing something big with the whole Kai and Prince naming. It's like right, okay, let's now you know do some other initiatives, and I've, I know the club. It's not. It's probably. It's definitely not something that they haven't thought about. So I'm not saying, oh, you idiots. And I've spoken to them before about other initiatives, which I've recommended. Like, for example, when I haven't been able to use my season ticket and no one in my family can go either, and I don't want to sell it via GoGo, but when I give it to someone who can't afford to go, where is a ticket exchange that we can do that? Because obviously it's difficult to give your card and then arrange with someone to come collect it. So I've mentioned that to the club and when Ian Taylor was, was there, he said they were looking into something similar, but obviously these things take time, they take money, 
very small marketing and media team there for a for a club of that level and a club of that much media interest in London. So I know they're you know already like well overworked, mm. but I think there's a lot of opportunity and it would be nice if people can look at us like they're looking at Swansea and say, oh great work, you're not doing booking fees, that's wicked because mm. there is you know we can do stuff like that. Just get rid of. I think at the same time book. as well, there's far more demand for Premier League games or floating fans. Yeah. yeah. You know, exactly. When you're in a Premier League, you can do that. I think that's kind of... Yeah. That goes back to the point when you get really good at the ground. I'll tell you what's a good system, which I'd like to see done at QPR. I think they do it in Germany. Quite a few... I know we're always trying to catch it with Germany. People mm. are sick of hearing about Germany. But there's a thing there. We've had a season ticket and you can't make the game in. You put your season ticket back into the club and the money that the club get for the ticket comes off your season ticket for next season. Oh, okay. So, so it's, it's kind of like a like the QPR credit situation, spending in the club shop, but yeah. the other way. So basically, if you you're not thinking, oh Christ, I can't miss that game. I've lost thirty quid, and you're trying to. And that's how I feel. It right. makes me feel really guilty. Because you're Dortmund against Bayern Munich, not QPR v Wigan. No, I think quite a few. <laughs> <laughs> that mean? No, but quite a few. Clubs. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, I understand the... what you're saying, but yeah, you kind of yeah. got to look at it and go, it's well, a, it's a tougher sell. You know, <laughs> QPR Wigan. I mean, I've got two. I've got two. Cause I bought my my kids QPR kids a couple of weeks ago. I've got two concessionary tickets. Because I bought the shirt in the lower, mm. in, and that's a in the lower school ends, I can't of, give them away. Yeah, because I've got season tickets. Everyone I know's got season tickets, and it's like I've got two. If anyone wants two spare tickets, three tickets to go and watch Wigan, keep your Saturday. Let me know. I can't mm. give them away. And, yeah, that's a, that, and, and that is a good point. But it's that, a good point. So they're trying. They are trying. There's not necessarily the demand. It's like there are there are schemes there, and people like when I had when I was working and I couldn't go to the Bristol City game, and luckily Chris at the last minute was like, "Yeah, I'll go." But that would have just been too. You know, I couldn't give them away to anyone because everyone's already got a ticket. And I understand what you're saying. Like there has to be demand if you're going to be doing things like that, and it is hard to sell championship football to people. Like some of my friends. When I text them like, hey, do you want a cup? Especially League Cup. Even my family League Cup is a tough sell and they're all QPR fans. But if you live the other side of London, it's going to take you an hour and a half to get home on a weekday night and the stadium's half empty. That's But that was, but that was great last week, despite the, despite the fact that the stadium being the third forward, that was yeah. a cracking game of football. Oh, it had everything. Like, but then again, you know, so... But that, football means everything in the sense of, we're going to wrap up soon, but the, the, the thing about football is that the, you talk about the product, but the product's got to be a certain level. I don't like... I mean, I, I want to see QPR win, lose, or draw, just give 100%, which I know everyone says, and, it's, and I'm boring as hell, and it's, I just want passion, but we've been missing for so many flipping years, and I feel that when the players are leaving the field, certainly at home matches, they're leaving their spirit there as well, they're leaving their soul, they're leaving everything on the pitch, that's all you can ask for, and I think people respond to that, but you've got to make it accessible for people to come back yeah. you've got to make it suitable for people to come back and I certainly have no problems for like if for instance I couldn't make a game and I couldn't get someone to take my season ticket if I ticked the box at the start of the season and QPR said would you mind your season ticket being given out to schools mm. as a charity thing to subsidise that happy to do it I'll pay an extra quid to do it to subsidise little schools because we need replacing as people at football grounds I don't want to see football grounds empty in 25 years time I don't want to see this fixation with the premiership I mean I mean, VAR is like people landed on the moon. It's ridiculous. It's just so obsessive. And the championship, and that's the problem as well, gets so forgotten by the media. It's so... Like, the football season started when the premiership started. No, it didn't. It started before that, you know. I hate seeing that. It's like, oh, people come to me and say, oh, yeah, football's back. I was like, no, mate, it was back last week. But you just don't care about it. You know, and it's getting people out of their arses in the grounds. Because I think that we're unique in the sense that most QPR fans do actually go... And they do understand their club, whereas a lot of dormant fans don't actually get that. I think the championship itself is, it's a, statistically, it's the fifth most best mm. league in Europe. 
you know, there are... Yeah, I mean, attendance is good. You know, when you had clubs like Leeds and Villa and you know, big clubs have been in the Championship, Newcastle not too... But you know what I mean, though? Yeah. That kind of, like, there's, yeah. there's still... There is an interest, or is that still... I had, I had a funny moment, actually, and then I'm going to go into the RSA of, um, on Saturday. I saw a Leeds fan at Euston. And it's one of them things, I can be childish at times, which I know is hard to believe. And I was like, oh, still here then. And the dirty look was awful. <laughs> and it was just like, got me QPR shit on, and I go off to Bristol Road. Bristol City, still here then. Leeds United and, champions in August again. Uh, it's just, <laughs> do you know what? It's actually, the longer they stay in this league, and the longer they don't get up, it's a thing of beauty to wind them up at every every opportunity. I'm going to jump onto my new RZN, because Steve's tweet and the, the whole booking fee was sorry. my original one. Sorry, but sorry, Flo, sorry. My new RZN is that Leeds documentary, because, <gasps> oh my God, it makes the four-year plan look normal. It look, makes that madness look great, because... It's just so funny because it's on Netflix. It's on Amazon. Yeah, Amazon. They're doing, a, they're doing a follow-up. What for this season? Yeah, they're doing the kind of yeah, and in part two. And yeah, I know, and I knew, knew it was try. happening. But it's so funny because obviously it starts off with like it's Russell Crowe doing the narration, and I think he's a Leeds fan, isn't he? But Massive. it's just so cringe. And the whole build-up is like, this is the season. This is destiny. This is when we make it back to the promised land. And then you see see the whole thing completely unravel and then completely lose the plot. And And then then Luke Freeman came in and changed everything. And then they lose that game to Derby in the playoff semi-final. And obviously we beat them at home and I was just sitting there clapping like this is a great watch because you stuffed it up you, 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 were, top, you were top with like six games to go or something like, but do you know what's really weird is I, oh I, it was magic I did I thought that last week I actually tweeted about it as well is like I saw someone that did a red carpet for it and I'm thinking they did a red carpet for it yeah so I'm screwed just, just bin it you know we know how it ends yeah we it's laugh not, at the four year plan we laugh at that embarrassment they like they're they're, they're wallowing in this like it's just like, a four year plan had a happy happy, happy end <laughs> but I just wonder if, if like the thing with Spygate and all that was just thrown in there to, you know like the oh what, to spice up the drama yeah, a little bit. Yeah. like you know like someone might have got someone to eat a pie at an FA Cup game so the yeah. bookies could be yeah, happy yeah, no yeah, names yeah. mentioned oh nice office anyway um Ian R's end old chap well my R's end was going to be about booking fees oh. <laughs> Which is Are you serious? Obviously Mogadon for most people. But, uh, my eyes in Jake Bidwell returning tomorrow. Just wondering what kind of reception he'll get. Jake Bidwell. Um Jake. Um, um, Jake, yeah, personally Jake. I think Jack. He was See, a solid, he, already. Ian Bidwell. Yeah. Oh, he was he was he was a, a fairly solid citizen for us. Played mm. he was alright. Shouldn't I wouldn't boo him tomorrow. No. I hope he gets a I don't think he's ever a wing back in a million years, that's not his No, sport. but he, but he you know, we, we he played a lot more than he didn't. He, he was available. He was strong. He's, he's kind of yeah. He was decent enough for us. Do you think that we didn't play him in the correct manner, and his then legacy would have been different tomorrow night? His legacy is a solid left back. Yeah, he's fine. He was only ever going to be. Fine. He wasn't. He wasn't. He's not. Awful, he and he wasn't brilliant. Player. He was just a solid left back. Yeah. And I'm score? much happier watching like Ryan Manning play left back. Oh God, so oh, am I. Yeah. I've, been, I've been saying for four years that Ryan Manning should play left back, left wing back. And he, 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 he's yeah, a breath of fresh air. And I think as well, like, I mean, sorry, I'm harping back again you can here. Do you want. That, um, I mean, in some ways, Warburton, the fact they've signed a new squad, but all those players being out of contract is a blessing. You just start again. We couldn't buy the play. We, we had a transfer embargo last year. A lot of players on the final years of their contract, they go on, get rid of them, start again. You know when they put yep. up that slideshow, the players out of contract, there's not one I was like, dark, like, sad. I was like, you know what? They can, they're all, you know, but surplus then, requirements right now. But then there is a saying that we do clear the decks more than the caddies are. 
You know, it's 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 one of them. That I know it was so crap. You had to laugh. Thank you. Um, but but it, it, but it, you said so but it does feel out. like the first time we truly clean the decks. Oh, That's oh, it. Yeah, exactly. Well, but see, we we will judge it in May, and I hope it's a better May. But it's like, oh, before I do my RZM, we'll just quickly. Oh, this is this is Fraser's going to go so mental at me. You're presenting the next one because then you can take the flag. I'm not here. That's huge now. Don't let me do it over the phone and be gone. Um, we didn't talk about Luongo. I know we mm. talked about him in the pub. Oh, yeah. But we didn't talk about Luongo. Big miss, bad miss, or just something that just came and went and will not miss? Nah, he was a good player for us. I've seen a lot worse players than Mas Luongo playing in QPR colours. He was signed under a lot of hype, as most QPR players are. Um, he came in attacking number 10. That was his game. And uh, was told by Jimmy Ford Hasselbank, you won't play unless you can learn how to defend. And went from being an attacking number 10 to being the player in the championship with the most tackles. Fair enough, Flo. So, Sorry. yeah, should have scored more goals, but I've certainly seen worse players than Master Luongo in, in QPR colours. And, uh, um, yeah, I'd say, you know, I wouldn't say he's much missed, but I wouldn't say he's a, a, been a complete flop either. Money well spent? Um, was it money well spent? It depends how you look at it, doesn't it? We didn't sell him on for more money than we sold him, but was he, for what we paid, was he a bad player for us? I think we got, I think we got a good spell out of him. I I think it's just disappointing that we didn't get much on for him, selling him on. But I, I love Luongo. I thought he was great. I think he was so calm. He, I didn't think, he wasn't flamboyant, but I didn't mind. I think he controlled the game so well. Was such a great tackler. Like, some of the challenges he put in were ridiculous. And that's something that he had to learn because he came, he was a attacking number 10 who just scored and didn't defend. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I I don't know him that well, but I've, I've interviewed him a few times and he's, he's a good man. He's a good, he's a good guy with a good attitude mm. and, you know, loves QPR, but, you know... I, was, I think he, also it, his quality showed when how badly we played when he was out of the team and I think that proved how much an integral part he was to that unit but then he came back and I actually think it's really impressive the fact that we're playing pretty well without him because I think he was such a core part but then when he came back we still played badly no but that wasn't that wasn't Luongo's doing so ironically it would have been he had the best pre-season ever he he had three months off he would have come in Warburton likes him as a player he probably would have fit he didn't quite well with how Warburton wants to play I thought the same bid wall anyway yeah but the thing is, a lot but you you know when a guy's on a, a lot of money, yeah, you can get we something need for to him. get rid of him. It's better to get something for, for him and buy bring someone in who can replace him. Yeah, then nothing, than nothing yeah. for him. So my my issue with him was that when he left early to play in the World Cup and he should have finished the season at QPR. But I'm very very. But patty. I mean, I said this to you earlier. Be fair, but if you had a chance to go to the World Cup, you would take it. But the manager, it was the manager at the time that gave him the time off, and I wouldn't have done it. I, I thought we're still. Not safe. I would like him to stay in the season, but 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 I'm just sad that he didn't fulfil the potential I thought he could be. He wasn't. You're quite right. He wasn't the worst player. He wasn't the best player. But I think he could have been so much a better player if perhaps he had a better coaching setup behind him at times. Yeah, that would allow him to have the freedom he wanted in the pitch and do what he wanted to do. And um, just hopefully he doesn't come back and make us pay for it. Same as no. My R's end is quite simple. It's not about passion flow. It's not about everyone turning up to games and getting behind the club. I'm going for somewhat different. I've already wished Toby Wellness wedding that I did Saturday, so that's fine. I don't understand, and I'll be honest with you, how we can have so many meltdowns, right? After games. I just think people, and I include myself in this, after defeat, stay off Twitter for an hour, 
analyze it in your head cool down cool down look at the day. it's one defeat it is bad but come on we're just settled for that at the start of the season and we're trying to build something here but Paul you're judging all QBR fans by what's on Twitter I do that a lot I get a lot of abuse on Twitter just yeah it's don't Twitter go don't go on Twitter <laughs> Someone posted up a photograph of me. Not every QBR fan is on Twitter. But this is weird. This is weird. Someone posted up a photograph of me and my mate Dave Hawkins, who lives in Jersey from Northern Ireland, who's a psychiatrist, funny enough, nurse, whatever. And I don't even know where that photograph came from. And it's just like, and I'm feeling. Someone did that to me as well, like six months ago. It's weird. And then the whole like Eze thing blew up, and I was like, weird, mute, block. Just, yeah, just don't, you've got to ignore it. I, I find it's hard, though, because it gets in your head, but you just have to ignore I it. I watched play Misty for me. That's what I'm saying. And this is how it starts. If anyone's coming around my house, we don't leave the key under the angel outside the front door at all. Anyway, right. <laughs> it's, a, it's a joke. It's I know what it is. Play Misty for me. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah. But it's a bit weird, though, when they do that. Now, going on to other things on my hours end is... I still was impressed that we tried to play football even when we were losing and give the lads a wee bit of time it will come good I am convinced this is a much better QPR side in the making than we've had for a long time and I hope they prove that right and also I'd like to say well done to Bill and his wife for not driving past the pub twice on Saturday because they've drove past it once which is quite funny and Bristol's actually not a bad place to see football what they've done I to like the their stadium their renovation's really nice really nice it's, stadium it's a nice stadium and the fans are brilliant oh, there's a lot of people saying oh people sit down too quick and they don't stand up long enough they don't sing long enough but that'll come with time we're building we're building on the pitch and off the pitch right tomorrow night I'm kind of wondering this, this is a tricky one so Flo because Ian's still making his mind up what do you think? 1-0 um, oh really? Yeah. Would you go four four two tomorrow night? No, you... I think stick to what you're building for. Stick I, with the four three two one. If that's I can't throw Don't start in. messing too early because that also looks like you're worried. Looks like you're already being like shaken yeah, up by one result. Wells is so much sharper now this time than he was last season. Mm-hmm. That was one of the ones that was like, oh, they'll bring him back. I don't know. But yeah, I think he played great in that League Cup game. Okay. I was really impressed with him. Um, I, yeah, I think still play four three two one, but maybe swap Hugo and Wells. Not for anything that I don't think Hugo had a terrible game, but I just think try something different at home. And I think Wells is okay. a good player, but I still think stick with that formation. Love Wells on the bench. Great man to bring on. Um, probably stick with the team that started at the weekend. So you maybe, maybe put in chair ahead of I don't know. Maybe chair a start, but we'll win tomorrow. We'll win tomorrow comfortably. Seriously, three one. Yeah, we'll win tomorrow. Really. Yeah. And I can vouch for this. He hasn't been drinking. Well, he actually has. Between the <laughs> that I just realised it. Well, listen, folks. Thanks for bearing with us. You didn't say yours. I, I did. Well, my, my prediction. Your prediction. Oh, yeah, but uh, uh, do you know what? I started a new thing at the start of the season where I thought, you know, I'd go for wins and, and what lucky pants, all this sort of thing. I can't call it. In all honesty, I can't call tomorrow night. But I will settle for a cheeky one nil. That'll do me. I'll take that a clean, all over. A clean sheet would be great. I'd love a clean sheet. Something to build on for Wigan. You know, because that's, that's a very winnable game. So six points, brilliant. Ian, it's always an absolute pleasure for you to come in and for us to have a pre-match argument in the pub. It's always a <laughs> sight to behold. So thank you for coming in. I do appreciate it. Good luck with the cricket. Where are you going to be next with us? I'm going to Rangers tomorrow and I'm going to Leeds first thing Thursday morning. Edge bastard, is it? Heavenly. Edgebaston's in Birmingham. <laughs> that was where the first test We've done was. Done Okay. I don't know a lot you about cricket. You need Ian to take your cricket education. Are oh, you grand? True. So, Flo, 
<laughs> I don't want to be ignorant. I love cricket, really. Flo, thank you as always. That's and right. I don't think you're here next week, are you? Uh, I'm at St George's Park Wednesday through Saturday, and then I'm at uh, Watford Coventry Tuesday night. But I should be. At, I'll be at the Portsmouth game. Yeah. Oh, it'll be interesting to hear what you've got to say about St George's Park. That'll be interesting. Yeah, I've been there. It's, it's, all right. it's nice. It's just in the middle of nowhere. It's kind of hard to get to, but it's all right. Yeah, it's fine. Listen, thanks, guys, for listening, and hopefully you'll tune back in again for another edition of the fantastic Open All Ours, and thanks for bearing with us. UPR.